Hello there, my name's Neil David and I'm the host of Eurograps Express, the podcast exclusively dedicated to the wrestling of Europe. If it's wrestling and it happens in Europe and it's good, we talk about it. Whether it's RevPro, Progress, WXW, Passion Pro, Pro Wrestling Chaos, Pro Wrestling North, we don't care, we talk about them all. If it's good and it's exciting, I want to share it with you. We're on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Check us out on the feed. Check us out on Twitter at Eurograps EXP. And join us for chat about European wrestling and a little bit of chat about cheese. Hopefully see you there. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel, joined by Dave McDonald. It is Sunday the 19th of March 2023. This is episode 251. Yet again, uh, our recording of the show has synchronised perfectly with the kickoff of the weekend's Arsenal game. So um, again, listeners, I apologise if I start shouting or swearing. Uh, that's because I'm in the middle of watching uh, Arsenal versus Crystal Palace. Jesus fuck. Uh, so, <laughs> great start. Great start to say. Damon, how's it going? Uh-oh. Did, did, was there a goal? Oh, no. Oh, no. All right. Uh, no, so a Palace player just took a shot and it hit the post and then it bounced back off the post and hit our goalie in the back of the head oh, and Jesus. nearly went in. So. Oh, nearly went in, but it, it, it <laughs> did not go shit in. just came out. Okay. Okay. But, but it, it did, did not, not go in. in. Still nil nil. Okay, good. No. Okay. Uh, hi, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to the award-winning Super J cast. Uh, another beautiful sunny day, and we are excited about the New Japan Cup and, and all the news that's fit the print here on the Super J cast. So, obviously, the hot topic of the week is the New Japan Cup, but there's also a bit of uh, exciting news that's hit the feeds this week, uh, not least of all was the fact that Forbidden Door mm. has been announced. Uh, Forbidden Door 2, or they're just calling it Forbidden Door, uh, which will be in Canada. Yes. June 25th in the Toronto, the Scotiabank Arena. That is correct. So, very exciting. Um, I mean, there's a lot of speculation about what could be headlining there. A lot of whispers, Damon, about Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega 2. Um, Osprey was asked about his preferred opponent at Forbidden Door, and he says, uh, and I quote, you know, we all know, I have to regain my pride. So, yeah, your mm-hmm. thoughts on the announcement of the show and what you expect to see on it? Well, I mean, we knew it was coming. Um, we just didn't know where. Uh, but come to find out, Scotiabank Arena, Toronto, home of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, which is, uh, unfortunately, a scheduling conflict for me <laughs> because uh, I'm going to go see The Cure that night. Um, so I'm like, oh, fuck me. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. But, um, yeah, I'm, I think we're going to The Cure. Um, I, I mean, look, it's it's – it was the best show of the year last year, even with all the hiccups and all the injuries and all the drama. Uh, but yet still, they found a way to make it show of the year. Um, I'm excited. I, 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 you know, it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a, a, a great night. 
I think it'll be a, 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 a super hot, red hot crowd. Um, it's a big building. It's a big building, but I think they'll do fine. Um, and I think they should. I really think they should. <sighs> I think they should announce them. If, if that's going to be the main event, they should announce that to help with ticket sales. Um, I, again, people are assuming a lot of things, but, but let's, let's, let's get that down on paper so that people can plan accordingly and get tickets and all that stuff. Um, and I think it'll help draw a, a very sizable house in a, uh, rather large basketball slash hockey arena. Next bit of news was Capital Collision. So we have the first matches announced for Washington, D.C. So this is in D.C.'s uh, Sports and Entertainment Arena on April 15th. Uh, so we've got three matches announced. We've got Fred Rosser versus Juice Robinson in a singles match. Uh, we've got a crazy-looking 10-man tag match. So we've got Ishii, Clark Connors, DKC, Leo Rush, and Rocky Romero against Volador Jr., Mike Bailey, Gabe Kidd, Kevin Knight, and Kushida. <laughs> Uh, we've also got Shane Haste and Badu Tito against the West Coast Wrecking Crew. So, you know, I'm into those. I think those are, you know, pretty tasty sounding undercard matches. Uh, Multiverse says the first set of matches for Capital Collision uh, looks like a lineup you would see on Strong. How can New Japan create cards to get fans to consistently pay for these shows? Look, right. more matches are coming, right? This is not it. There's going to be bigger matches than this. Um, you know, I wouldn't even be shocked if there's a, another IWGP World title match on there. So, I would say hold your horses for this one because I'm sure more's coming. All right. I'm holding my horses. Horses are held. I, but I, I will say that I did see that lineup and I was, I mean, not lineup in a whole, but you know, the three matches. I don't know. I don't know if I would be making the drive all the way down uh, for the three they've announced so far. But so I will hold my horses. I will take your advice. Horses are held and uh, we'll see. But yeah, right now, uh, I don't know. I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm driving down there. We'll see. Plus, I got to find a I got to find a, a new uh I got to find a new media credential person, <laughs> apparently. Uh, so, yeah. All right. We got to figure that out. So far, so good. Uh, we also have Best of the Super Junior 30. Nice. Announced. So this is going to be running on a, a short schedule this year, May 12th to May 28th. So it's a very intense schedule. So that's 12 events over 16 days, which... <laughs> I don't know, that's, that sounds like a lot to me. I mean, not just for me, the viewer, to consume, but for the wrestlers as well. I mean, that's, is that just me or is that, I looked at that, I was like, whoa, that's. Yeah. I mean, not much time for rest and recovery, right? Um, do, do, I mean, do you think it's going to be a, a shortened pool of, of wrestlers that will be involved? Because I'm, you know, I was under the assumption that it would be at least as many as we thought would be, and then maybe even more, quite honestly, now that, um, you know, we can travel back and forth freely. Um, yeah, it does seem like a fucking, uh, you know, as I like to say, 10 pounds of shit in a five pound bag. That's a, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot in there. That's, that's G1 level. 
yeah, I'm just looking at the schedule here. So we've got May 12th, May 13th, 14th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 21st, 23rd, 24th, 26th, 28th. Whew. Not many days off there. I mean, I, it's, it's impossible to try and unpick that and figure out, you know, block situations and how many people were blocked based on that because, of course, they can and almost certainly will be doing double block nights. But was it 20 people last year? I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be 20 again this year for all the, the reasons you've laid out. I mean, I would got, got my thoughts on who I don't think will be called back from last year and guys that I think will be called this year. Um, but, yeah, I would say 10 and 10 would make sense. It would. It would. I'll tell you what, though. It'll make for very interesting shows. That's for sure. Right, you're not going to get much um, sizzle, or what am I trying to say? Like, like there's going to be good shit every fucking night, is what I'm trying to say. It's going to be good, good stuff. Um, yeah, you're not going to have to wait long for great matches on each and every show. So, I like, yeah, ten, ten, ten each side. Yep, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with that. But yeah, those, those guys over there, woo. It's going to be it's going to be tough sledding not, again. Not much time for recovery, which which also kind of has me thinking. Like a lot of these matches are going to be easily digestible, right? I can't, you know, if, with that kind of schedule, you're not doing 25 minutes, <laughs> right? You're not doing 30 minutes. These are going to be quick sprints, um, which again might make it even more exciting than it normally is. Some of my favorite shows of the year always end up being those ones where they have the double block shows mm. where, you know, you get some upsets, you get some matches that finish in like four minutes. Uh, you get a little bit of everything that they really mix it up. So I hope we get a lot of those because, um, yeah, they always make for very entertaining viewing because it's very easy when you have the single block nights to kind of hand wave, skip the undercard tag matches, which is fine. You know, that's all part and parcel of it, but, I always find those double block nights to be a bit special. There's always a bit of buzz for those. Yeah. Yeah. And again, these are the guys that we always, you know, when there's a big show or there's, um, you know, we always want the junior tags or the, you know, go on first, set the pace for the show, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Well, you're going to get that. <laughs> you got, you got the guys that, uh, you know, we kind of point out to say, okay, have these guys in there first to get the crowd of rocking and rolling. So, Yep, that's exactly what we're going to get for an entire show. So, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be really good. And and it, I think this year it'll be fresh. I think there, there'll be new faces. And uh, I think a lot of the the stuff that maybe you would normally hand wave with guys in, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think this is going to be really solid, actually. Any early thoughts on the winner? So I've got a question here from David. He says, who would you like to see win best at the Super Juniors? Feels like it's time to elevate someone else. As much as I want it to be Dorky, uh, Robbie Eagles would be the best call for me. Um, I mean, I've said before, I think Master Watto is the play this year, just based on the booking and the way he performed at Wrestle Kingdom. But I love the idea of Robbie Eagles. I mean, imagine something like a, a Robbie Eagles, Leo Rush final. I mean, that would yeah. be spectacular. But uh, yeah, I, I think... Master Watto is going to be the guy this year. Yeah, if you look at it, I mean, take your take your pick of what month you want to look at. Master Watto has been a focus, right? And you can't 
you can't shy away from that. He's the guy that it seems as though they're looking to uh, do do a little something more with. I wouldn't be surprised. How about a guy like, well, no, I was going to say yo, but he's already been in a mix. Um, yeah, I I would have no problem with Robbie Eagles winning it, actually. I really wouldn't. It, that would be spectacular, actually. And you're right. That final, you know, would be outstanding. Uh, you figure Leah Rush is in there, right? Um, you would think TJP. Uh, <sighs> Kira. I'm trying to think who else out loud. Obviously, El Desperado. We'd love to see Kevin Knight this year. Kevin, Kevin Knight should be in there. Maybe Kushida. He might be involved this year. I would think so. Right. You know what? It wouldn't be strange if he won it. I would not be shocked if he won it. Um, mm. I mean, I think here's the thing, though. You have three candidates right now that would at least at the very least would be pretty fucking interesting. You know, if you slid Robbie in that spot uh, again, you you know, you're getting greatness. Um, you slip in, um, Kevin Knight in there. <sighs> that would be pretty good. That'd be good. I don't think you, uh, and even Master Watto, it would be different. And you know that if, if, if in a tight spot, people are going to get behind him. You know what I mean? Like people are going to, like, I don't know, maybe it might be like sarcastically at first or, you know, the irony police will be out. I don't, but you know that if, if that's the case and he goes deep, people are going to fucking get behind him. And maybe, maybe that's exactly what, what we need. It'd be big wins. Hmm. Yeah. Here's the thing again, not, it's going to be interesting. I don't, and, and if New Japan Cup is any indicator, of what they're planning on for the rest of this year. Like it's they're the new generation, new younger talent is really being you know shown in a, in, in the brightest light possible. I I would not be surprised if if Best of the Super Juniors follows the same suit. Would not be surprised. Speaking of Robbie Eagles, uh, no username says, oh no, wait, I'm reading the wrong question. Uh, Down Bad Patrol says, thoughts on Eagles potentially joining United Empire? I personally feel like United Empire already have the maximum amount of members you can have without getting too crowded. TMDK, on the other hand, are very short on members and need a junior. So uh, the genesis is being a, a show in Australia that was, uh, I, I saw a tweet reported live, I think, from our good friend, friend of the show, and uh, one of my favorite Twitter follows. Uh, Josh from the We Work Stiff podcast, uh, where uh, Robbie Eagles had a match with TJP and lost, and then TJP offered Robbie the United Empire armband after that, and oh. Eagles picked it up and seemed to be considering it. Now, I do agree with Dan Bad Patrol that I think there's you know, way too many people in United Empire as it is. I think TMDK could do with a junior heavyweight wrestler, so I think that would be a better fit. But either way... I can definitely feel something brewing with Robbie Eagles and you know his dissatisfaction and chaos. And he's talked about 
you know, Leo Rush just sort of announcing himself as the next uh, junior heavyweight title challenger without um, you know, necessarily going through the whatever the correct channels are in the Chaos group chat. But <laughs> something's a brewing there. And I'm excited by the possibility of seeing uh, Robbie Eagles with a, a file under him with a bit of attitudes uh, coming into stake his place. Because I think a, a lot of people have just forgotten about him, which is deeply unfair because he fucking rules. Yeah. Yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, come on. Uh, since he's won the IWGP junior, I mean, he's had a little, you know, the little tag situation with tiger mask, which was fine, but you know, I wouldn't say that was a bright light. Yes. We need to, we need to get him back into the mix, like the true mix. Um, and what better way, what better way than the, than to join the faction as we, as we, as we seen last week, um, Factions are where it's at again. Factions are cool now. Um, and yeah, Robbie Eagles needs to be in the mix. Um, you know what? I would have no, here's the thing. I would rather him right now. Well, you know what? I, I'm going to take that back. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to take that back. I was going to say I'd rather have him right now in United Empire only because they seem to be a dominant faction. Um, but. I wouldn't want him to be a uh, big fish or excuse me, a uh, small fish in a big pond. Is that what I'm saying? Trying to say. Um, and I, I don't know. You're right. Either there are a ton of people in United Empire. Mm, yeah. I don't know. You could, you could go either one. It would be fine. I just want to get him back in the mix. I just want to see him back, back, being a a uh, big time contributor because he can and he should. What are we waiting for here? What the fuck? Doesn't seem like we're waiting much longer though. Doesn't seem like we're waiting much longer. Seems like something's going to happen. But yep, I'm digging it. Love it. And speaking of loving it, Arsenal have taken the lead against Crystal Palace. With a fine goal from Gabby Martinelli. So happy days over here. Here we um, go. All right, let's uh, move on then to talk about the New Japan Cup. So just a little word on stuff that's been going on on the undercards. I have enjoyed Zack Sabre Jr. teaching different moves, different finishing moves to Kosei Fujita, like he taught him the O'Connor Bridge. So there was one night he tried it and it didn't work and he ended up losing. But then he adjusted it slightly the next day and actually got the win with it. So I like this sort of running story they're telling it with Zack teaching him moves and at first they're not working and then he's learning from his defeats and if you follow the backstage stuff, they've been uh, discussing all that. So that's been a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm enjoying Fujita's growth there and his uh, learning experience. Uh, there was a bit of fun with uh, Taguchi cosplaying Great Khan. A lot of silliness going on in that match. Uh, Jeff Cobb has been threatening to show up on Dynamite to come for Kenny Omega's IWGP US title. You remember that? Remember that title, Damon? No. <laughs> As I mentioned last week, of course, they're also uh, doing a lot of work setting up Suzuki versus Kenta for the strong title. Again, not sure where that's going to be taking place, but that's definitely happening. Looks like Shota against Zack is going to be the TV title program. Shingo and Hanare for the KFW program. Uh, Bishamon versus Aussie Open for the tag title program. And Strong Star versus House of Torture again for the uh, six-man program. So setting up a, a lot of stuff to come in the not-too-distant future. And again, we're really relying on... Uh, we Look. The, the 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 pinnacle of New Japan Pro Wrestling in this modern era, 
was with guys that were in their 30s. And now here we are, you know, many, 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 many moons later, you know, these guys are older. <laughs> I hate to, I, I hate to break everyone's heart, but Tomohiro Ishii, if I'm not mistaken, is like 50, <laughs> right? Um, there's got to be a changing of the guard. There's got to be fresh faces. They've got to make new stars. And they are. And um, that's fun to me. Like, to me, that's a, a you know, people complain about, oh, Okada again. Oh, oh, my God. He's in his fucking early 30s, if that, right? You're going to see a lot more of him. <laughs> I guarantee it. Uh, but also, they complain when it's time to make new stars. And there's always that pushback. And it's like, man, you, 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 it's time. You know, it's time. And I, and I think it's, it's the scariest thing for a pro wrestling promotion. Uh, but it's also great when they recognize that they need to do that. And there are plenty of promotions that don't and haven't through the history of pro wrestling, where it's the same fucking guys who are like 60 still at the top of the show. You can't do that. You can't survive that way. You can't. Um, so I, pre- I appreciate the fact that New Japan has the balls to recognize it, number one. And number two, to implement it is a completely other thing, too. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's time. It is time. And you can see that in just in everything that you mentioned, Joel, everything that you mentioned. Look at look at who's, you know, it, again, it's March, but don't be surprised come January where, you know, a lot of the people that are in these positions now are going to be pretty high up on a card, pretty high up on a card. I would I would expect. Yeah, I was going to say this for later, actually, but seeing as you brought it up, a couple of questions I'd, I would like to deal with. Now, so Method 95 says, given New Japan's current reluctance to bring many foreigners over, are there any native freelancers that they should bring in to bolster or freshen up the roster? Maybe borrow someone from Glates, perhaps. After watching the uh, the majority of this New Japan Cup, I don't think they need to anymore. No. I am really infused by how fresh everything's looking. And, and, and I will sort of pop in with another question here. Uh, this is from... Fucking lost it now. Um, Steele O'Neill, who says, Sonata, oh, Finley, no. Tamatonga, all in the semifinals. Yikes. Um, now, I'm not putting Steele O'Neill on blast because uh, it's, it's certainly not the only person to have this opinion. Of course, lots of different opinions are available, but this is kind of emblematic of a, a lot of the discourse with New Japan. And, you know, Steele O'Neill, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, he often writes into us, love the questions they get, uh, and... I'm assuming this is someone who follows the product, but this kind of opinion confuses me, especially for people who do watch it regularly, because like you said, Damon, you can't have it both ways. You can't criticize a product for being stale and saying, Oh, you know, it's always Okada and Jay White and Ibushi and Naito and Tanash. It's the same old guys, the same old programs. There's nothing interesting going on. But then when they try to elevate new people saying, Oh, well, what are they doing with these guys? You know, I can't believe they're pushing this guy. You know, it's, it can't have it both ways. And for people like us who watch week in, week out, some of the guys that have been mentioned there, none of these have come out of the blue. I mean, these are all people that make complete sense to push. These are guys that we've been praising for their mid-card work over the last 
you know, 18 to 24 months. It's not like they've just sort of randomly decided, oh, Honma's going to be a main event now, or, oh, uh, you know, we're going to start pushing Yoshihashi or something. You know, these are guys who have got that slow build, have been very carefully selected to have these big matches, whether it's in tournaments, whether it's in G1s or Row 2 shows, just to test the waters. And guys who... I think we'll pass those tests with flying colours and now it makes absolute sense to me to elevate. And, you know, one of the things that people always praise New Japan for is their ability to restock that bench. You know, when uh, when it was um, AJ and Nakamura that left, then, you know, they, they shifted things slightly and then um, it was Kenny Omega and Naito who got lifted up to, to those next spots. And then uh, when Kenny Omega left, then it was um, Jay White that was brought forward. So, I think one of the strengths of the company has always been that ability to have guys heated up on the undercard or the mid card so they're ready to take that spot when opportunities open up. Yeah. So I don't know, like I'm very much the opinion. I like the guys that have been pushing this tournament and I think it's quite an exciting time to be a fan because it has been it felt a bit static and stale over the past couple of years, but that is absolutely not something you could accuse the company of now. And I'm I'm a big fan of the people who've been selected to receive these pushes. Me too. And and the weird thing about it is to me, Joel, is that these are, you know, if you, if you're into this product, this is this is something that shouldn't be a shock to people. I mean, just something as basic as the dojo system, right? Yes, they're they're young lions. They're going to be eating pins. They're going to be um, and then they learn and they get a little bit better and then they start getting, you know, tag wins maybe. And, uh, you know, then it's excursion time and, and they come back with a, a fresh coat of paint. Yes. I mean, that's, that, that's, that's what they do. Um, and I think that people have grown accustomed to people being the, you know, the young lion and not in, you know, not taking that next step. You know, I, I, I I just think like, listen, and I'm not gatekeeping here by any stretch of the imagination, but there are a ton of fans that got into New Japan at that peak. So, I mean, that's, re- you know, they don't remember Tanahashi coming up as a young line. They don't remember Naito coming up as a young line. They don't, you know, they don't remember, you know, uh, 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 you know, Hercules Hernandez having a fucking run at the IWGP tag champ, you know, just shit that people complain about. It's like, they've done this forever. And, you know, this is just kind of what they, this is what they do. Now you can argue if, okay, I don't think uh, David Finley as, as an example, uh, I don't think David Finley necessarily is, uh, can handle the main event spotlight, blah, 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 blah. And I would have to say, based off of what? Based off of what? <laughs> right? Well, you know, he's getting an opportunity now to to do it. Let's see if he can do it. Um, and history. Yeah, like anyone who's been watching over the last 18 months, every time David Finney's been put in a big spot, he's absolutely delivered. So like, right. There have not been any matches where he's been put in – the main event for, you know, these US title matches or the, the great G1 run he had or the New Japan Cup run he had uh, the year before that and thinking, oh, well, he really shot the bed there. He's been great each and every time. So I don't understand why people are suddenly 
criticizing the fact that he's been elevated because he deserves it. The, the, I mean, we'll talk about David Finley later, but it's not just him. It's just this whole thing. And again, I think it's people, and again, I'm not having to go to Steel O'Neill because I'm sure they follow the product, but I, I generally see it from people who are not following it, who just sort of see results and think, what? This guy's being pushed. Oh my God, New Japan in the mud. Right. Where, you know, that's not the case. No. It reminds me of, I don't know if you know the story of like Hogan, uh, being brought back for those uh, Fukuoka Dome shows. And, you know, he realized that Muda was on on top, you know, of these shows. And he, you know, he went into a panic thinking, oh, my God, the young lions, you know, they don't have any star. Just the opposite, Hulkster, <laughs> right? I mean, he's not only the top guy in the company, but he's also uh, maybe one of the biggest draws in uh, wrestling. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it still is. And so, yes, and a Hall of Famer. <laughs> um, so, yes, it, it is, you know, people's perceptions. I think people get locked in a certain time frame and they get locked into a certain perception. And it's hard for people to kind of shake that loose. But like, I can't think of any other sport where 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 they do that. Like, like, you know, I'm sure you have a, a, a developmental system at Arsenal, right? And you're not complaining when a guy who's pretty good down in, you know, as they say, down on the farm, uh, comes up to the big leagues and and takes a spot of a guy who, you know, might be older, <laughs> you know, might be time to think about refreshing the lineup a little bit. Um, yeah, it's this culture we live in where you know everyone's got to have the early hot take, well, and yeah. that take has to be static and correct until the end of time. And that's a ridiculous way to go about things. You know, we have incomplete evidence and we change our opinions based on the evidence that we see. And I don't think there's any value at all in being like, well, I thought this guy's trash. He's always been trash. And, you know, not being able to shift from that. You have to assess the new evidence as it comes in and people can change. Yeah. I mean, and that's a good thing, especially in pro wrestling, right? Um, If we didn't, you know, listen, I'm sure that there were people uh, in Japan when it was, you know, Anoki, Fujinami, Choshu, all those guys were at the top. And then you had the young guys, you know, your Mudos, your Hashimoto's, your Chono's, you know, kind of, you know, you know, Liger, Yamada, um, all those guys that were kind of, you know, getting their feet wet in a dojo and all these guys, nah, you know. <laughs> I, they'll never be on top. Well, guess what? They they had it and they did and they did and they did, um, and they did f- very very well for themselves. Um, and I will also say this too. You, I know the importance of a younger demographic enjoying your product, and there is something to be said about a generation having their own people they can cling on to, right? Like, again, you can do, you can do the analogy in music, right? There's, there's a, there was a time when, you know, it was cutting edge and new. Oh, you listen to the cure. Oh, you listen to joy division. Oh, you listen to this. Oh, well, you're so edgy. (laughs) Okay. Well, guess what? Now that's passe, right? There's the, the, the kids today don't have a clue who the fuck half these bands are. And that's fine because they listen to what their generation listens to and, and their heroes are. There's nothing wrong with that. But 
it's 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 a very tough thing for pro wrestling fans in general to kind of get on board with that. It's a very difficult thing, and I've said it a million times. It's much easier to just debut someone as a star than it is to have a person homegrown, build them up, and do it the right way. And everybody agrees the dojo system is the right way. I mean, minus like the hazing and shit like that. But, you know, that's the way you kind of want things to go. And, well, okay, eventually they're going to take that next step. Here it is. And that's, that is a fun. I think the best part about it is, is the unknown. I don't know if David Finley's going to be uh, a better, a better leader of Bullet Club than Jay White or Omega or AJ or, you know, I don't know. Let's see what he can do. Yeah. We don't have to decide now. Right. Exactly. Perfect. Thank, that is, that is it. We don't have to decide now and that's for Hanare. that's for uh, uh aussie open that's for whom you know a lot of these guys have a, a very long list of of you know they they reached a a, a a a pinnacle and then they're going higher and then they're going higher absolutely yet we don't have to do that now but now's the time to get excited for that change. Love it. Perfect. Well done, Joel. Well done. Yeah, it, it can be very alluring to listen to people who say, oh, well, I've decided based on the, you know, the two matches I've seen that this guy's trash and they're never going to be a main eventer. I can see what the appeal of that is. Um, you know, people like to have the hot takes and be right about everything. But um, it's it's trash analysis, you know. You, you have to be able to adjust your opinions based on the facts you're giving. And Arsenal are tuning up. There you Kosaka go. Just put another one away. So everything's uh, coming up, Joel, today. Uh, all right. Well, again, rather than going through match by match, let's just talk uh, about some of the key people involved. Stonks. Okay, so I want to talk David Finney, uh, as we just touched on him before. For me, he has been the MVP of this tournament by some distance as well. I'm really, really enjoying his work. I said last week he's just slid straight into this new heel role with consummate ease, and I love the way he wrestles. It's a bit different to all Bullet Club leaders of the past. He's not doing the stalling or the cheating or the shithousing. He's just beating people up, just like his dad, and I'm just really enjoying the way that he just brings the fight and just basically beats the piss out of people. It's really good. Um, I like the way he he does all the the chirping during the matches, you know, all the the trash talk and stuff. Uh, your mileage may vary on that. I know some people think he's doing it a bit too much, but I quite enjoy that. I think it just you know brings a bit of spice, adds a bit of character to to the matches, and yeah, I've definitely enjoyed his output. The the Great Okan match was a bit of a strange one, but an enjoyable stylistic match because um, you know these are uh, uh, Great Okan is the guy who you know the pacing of his matches is a. a bit unusual. He doesn't do the, the classic New Japan thing of, you know, the slow start and then escalating to the big, you know, crazy 100 miles an hour finish. He doesn't do it like that. It sort of goes in peaks and, and troughs. But I thought that was really good. I thought the Shota match was great. And, and the Tamatonga match in particular from today, it was, uh, what, 18 minutes long? I thought that was terrific and really sort of sums up uh, what we were discussing earlier because this is two hungry, youngish, <laughs> relatively young guys fighting tooth and nail to fill that power vacuum left by guys like Jay White, like Ibushi, Osprey's injured, 
Naito and Tanahashi, they're on the back burner. Shingo's tied up with KMPW. So there are big spots up for grabs there on this roster, and they know it. There's a figurative brass ring to grab. And I thought Finley and Tamo, they brought the fight. They brought the fight. And it really made me excited to see, you, you know, you can see the landscape of the New Japan main event scene shifting before our eyes with guys like we talked about, Finley and Tamatonga and Davis and Fletcher and Shota, Ren, ELP, even guys like Sanada now, they've got a, a fire lit under them and they know they've got to either improve or they're going to get left behind. Yep. I, a thousand percent agree. Um, not to make it for a boring podcast, but yes, I a thousand percent agree. It's it's just comical to me um, how we, I don't know, we have these preconceived notions. And if you kind of try to go into it with, um, I don't I don't even want to say open mind. It's, 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 it's going to be fun and exciting. Trust me on that. Trust me on that. Um, and it was something where it you could feel kind of like the 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 momentum shift in their favor. And and you're right, Tamatanga, David Finley, two guys who I think for years people have been saying, okay, you know, let's give them a shot, let's give them an opportunity. And they've always kind of been like this, you know, middle guy, tag guy, what have you. Like I thought they I thought they shined. I really did. Um, I, and I love the fact that the opportunity is there. Now, here's this is a complaint that I do get, though, that I get that I don't necessarily agree with. But OK, they can't they're not the guys right that are going to give you that that epic New Japan main event. Right. That that, that several star just knock your pants off pants down, as we would say kind of match one do you understand that those matches are a few and far between and we were absolutely blessed with the fact that we had guys that could deliver that consistently right we're like we were absolutely fucking blessed with having Tanahashi and Okada and Omega and AJ and Nakamura and Abushi, you know what I mean? Like, like we were we were absolutely touched by the hands of God <laughs> for having that kind of lineup. But understand that that's like, I mean, that doesn't come around every day. And number two, even with a never title defense, like. Again, has Tamatanga had that type of opportunity, and can he deliver? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, but I do know that David Finley, as an example, I mean, even in those, as you said, you know, got the ball and, and, and has run with it, and he's never been, you know, put in a position to to deliver those type of main events, but. God damn it. Give him a shot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Give him a fucking shot here. Just I, cause, cause I think that a lot of those people that are, look, like a, a guy like Hanari Joel, he has to be in a, in a, in the ring with a guy who plays to his strengths. 
but I could go down the history of pro wrestling that were massive stars that have had to have that as well. That's not a big deal. Um, and, and the flip side, we still have just fucking so much talent that is so much under, like, you don't think ELP, if given the opportunity and the spotlight and the, and the time to shine that he couldn't fucking give you an incredible, outstanding pants off main event. I don't think there's a guy wait, in the wait, roster so who that did couldn't. You just say? ELP. He did it last year. Go and watch the Robbie Eagles yeah. match from Best of the Super Juniors. Yes. Yeah. That was, but I'm that talking was everything like, you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm talking like main event Tokyo Dome. But okay, yes, but you you are exactly right though. He he delivered it. Yep, sure. You know, and how many people, given his shtick, given his just his silliness and his you know assholishness to Japanese kids, right? Would have said, okay, that's a guy. You know, not knowing any of his past history, like that's a guy who could deliver that. You know what I mean? Like, that's- well, look, at, look at Kenny Omega in 20, 2015. <laughs> right. Perfect like, doing example. the junior heavyweight, doing the comedy with the, the spray and the chainsaw shaved arms nonsense. Some people saw it. Some people said, no, look, the, he's he's acting the, the fool now, but this is a legit superstar waiting to happen. Um, but not many. Yeah. Uh, the parallels are there. He was the most divisive person on that roster at that time. Like, I can't tell you how much people fucking hated him. Hated him because of that shtick. They fucking hated him. He was like, I, I fucking Colin would get barraged with shit because we were like, oh, he's really good. <laughs> what the fuck? This guy's a clown. Blah, 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 blah. Um, it's just, yeah. I, we've seen, and again, I, I hate to say it, but. We've seen it throughout the company's history that, that, that they've been like this. I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm beating a dead horse, but God damn it, have some patience. Let's have a quick word on Tamatonga, who I think has had a low-key, really, really good tournament. I said I thought the Finley match was great. I thought the Goto match was really good. Um, it was lovely to see him afterwards cutting a promo in Japanese. Uh, Dr. Gary says, will we ever see Tamatonga make it to the top of the mountain? He seems extremely popular with the Japanese fans. He's dedicated to the company. And personally, I think he's brilliant. I think Tamatonga is a, a perfect guy to have in like that gatekeeper role. Yep. I don't necessarily think he has got the talent to be the top guy and hold the IWGP World Heavyweight title. And, you know, as much as I want to say, you know, this is, you know, a guy who's been there for a long time and is, you know, dojo guy and the loyalty and all that, it would be a heartwarming story to have him win that title. I love him. I think he's made tremendous improvements, but he's not, I don't think he is at that level. I don't think he will ever be at that level. And I think there is great value to that, to have this guy who's got so much going for him, has been with the company so long and has made this amazing progress and is now beloved by pretty much everyone. But still, that's not good enough to win the top prize. You know, he could be, and again, I don't mean this in the disparaging term, but like Hiroki Goto, Mm -hmm. who, tremendous wrestler, great asset to have on your roster, long-term, great, great value, but is not ever going to be the guy. And that's fine. Yeah. How many people are the guy? 
You know what I mean? There's only so many spots to be the guy. Um, you know, if I go, if I go through that roster, um, I know this is, might sound like it's the complete opposite of our rant for 15 minutes before, but you know, not everyone can be the top guy. Not everyone, you know, is, is, is that person. And that's okay. You know what I mean? Like you need a, you you don't need everybody to hit home runs. You don't need everybody to, you know, you might need somebody to hit a home run. You might need somebody to steal a base. You might need somebody to fucking play defense. You might need somebody who knows how to fucking bunt. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it, you know, I'll give it, I'll give you the arsenal. You know, you need people to score goals. Absolutely. But you also need people to fucking play defense and you need people who can, you know, get the ball out of traffic, you know, just whatever, or a good possession number, whatever the case may be. Like you don't need the whole fucking roster being superstars because I hate to say it, but like then the superstars get watered down. You know, you know, if everybody's having five star matches, okay, then the five star matches aren't that special anymore. So, yes, Uh, I, I, you know, and and here's the thing. I would have no problem with him being like a U.S. champion. No problem at all. And 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 I I don't have a problem with him even winning the big belt. I I don't have a problem with it. I just don't see it in the cards. I don't see it in the cards. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy slab packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like You know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun. And sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever. But if you're really in this game to to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs. And it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 
10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. What's going on, guys? This is Rich from the Flagship Podcast here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. If I could have a moment of your time, I'd like to tell you about one of our sponsors, Eufy Video Lock. Eufy Video Lock is a smart lock, a 2K camera, and a doorbell, all three-in-one offering you triple security so you can have everything in one device rather than installing many pieces on your front door but it's not just for security the eufy video lock is also for convenience no more concerns about losing keys and you can assign passwords to your family members and see them coming back home via the integrated cameras Some other great features we love about the eufy video lock is it is easy to install and set up with just a phillips screwdriver no drilling required keyless entry no more fumbling for keys when your hands are full you never have to worry about kids losing keys or passing among renters you also have 0.3 second 0.3 second fingerprint recognition and one second unlocking again 0.3 seconds it's going to recognize your fingerprints and in one second it's going to unlock and with the ai self-learning chip embedded the more you use it the more accurate it will be also no battery anxiety you have a rechargeable battery in there that could last around four months and you will get a low battery notification before it runs out. Uh, passcode unlocking a remote control with the 2K Clear Sight. See who's at your door and control from anywhere through the Eufy app. With enhanced night vision, you can have optimized view even in the evening. You can also secure your package delivery by view and two-way audio. And then best of all, no monthly fee. A bunch of other brands out there are going to charge you a monthly fee. You have your recordings locally and you never have to pay for storage. Customer service, Eufy's got you handled as well. They are on standby for you 24-7 so you can enjoy a worry-free experience with an 18-month warranty, all backed by their professional customer service team. Contact them anytime by telephone, email, or live chat. Personally, as a homeowner, I love my Eufy video lock. I have the ability to see what's going on when I'm not home, when packages have has arrived, and, and really the thing I love the most about it, the ease of being able to lock and unlock my doors without having to fumble with my keys and reach in my pocket or wait, no, crap, they're in my backpack, all that sort of stuff. All this is happening while my dogs are barking at me. You know what? Not anymore with the UV video lock. I touch it. 0.3 second fingerprint recognition. One second. Door is unlocked. Much, much easier. So if you want to jump on board with Eufy Video Lock, search Eufy Video Lock. That is E-U-F-Y Video Lock. Again, that's Eufy Video Lock, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com slash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your door. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. 
Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Let's talk about Sanada. Oh, Do you oh, have any one. burger restaurant jokes you want to get out of the way before oh, yeah. we start? You sure? You sh- How many did you get? You probably got a million of them, right? We made all those jokes as soon as just four guys was a thing. We're like, oh, what will happen if they get another person? <laughs> oh, the burger restaurant. Ha, 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 ha. Right. And then every single fucker thought that they were the funniest person on earth. The only person who was funny was Andrew T. Rich. He always I did. don't know if you saw his. Yeah. Did you see his? No. No. Okay. I've, I've got to read Please. it because this is worth it. And I said, so after Andrew's one, we're, we're closing the drawbridge on uh, Five Guys jokes. So let me read it out. So now the jumping ship to just Five Guys is a big move. Let us hope he can cut the mustard with a new group and meet the expectations of a push. At this point, he's definitely got to play catch up to be on the same level as some other top guys. It'd be a real pickle if he doesn't. Oh, Joel. That's no more jokes after that. Oh, Joel, I relish these conversations. (laughs) Uh, That was a match one. Um, Oh, Andrew. So great. I love him. I miss him. Last time I saw him was uh, forbidden door. He's a great dude. What a great that! What a great f- and fucking just sharp as attack, funny. Ah oh, man, I can't wait to see him again. Make out with him. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, anyway, uh, yeah. So Nana, so he has ditched Lij. He's uh, turned his back on them. Turned his back on Naito, mm. and exactly as I speculated, it would play out with Tai Chi and Just Four Guys being there at the Naito match happened at the end of the match, but uh, the fantasy booking is alive and well. Just when I thought I was out, Damon, they, they pulled me back in. They just, they throw me these scraps. I was just about to say, oh, fuck it. I'm not doing this anymore. No more fantasy booking. And then they did exactly what I've been saying that they should do for, feels like years now. Kukuchi Joel, back again. So that was really exciting. Definitely added a, a lot of buzz to that show and a lot of buzz to Sonata's tournament going forward. And look, word of warning, this is still Sonata. This is not a different guy. I'm curious, if admittedly a little bit skeptical, whether he has the, the dynamism or the creativity to, to really reinvent himself the way that he needs to. I would love to be proved wrong. And look, to be fair to him, he does look like he's changed things up a bit. Uh, the new haircut, the shave, that's really good. He, he looks great. Does need a new theme, I think. I'd like some new music, maybe some new gear. I think it would be great to have, like, Takamichinoku as his hype man because Sanada, you know, he can't cut a promo for Toffee, bless him. The, the little thumb gesture they did at the start was quite funny considering apparently he just made it up on the spot. Uh, I'm sure that'll grow on me. He's got a new finisher that can come out of nowhere and looks good. Uh, I think it was um, Stringer on Twitter who said that it looked like that finishing move was specifically designed to counter Destino. Mm. And, you know, Naito didn't see it coming. So I like that added wrinkle to it. And he seems to have changed up his moveset a lot. Like he's dropped the Paradise Lock, uh, the Mark Davis match today. No Skull End. Didn't, didn't do that. Didn't do the Moonsault. And, you know, add to the facts that I've been saying for about a year now that I think Sanada's improved a lot. I think there's reason to be quietly optimistic there. And, and I really love the main event today with Mark Davis. 13 minutes yeah. went, yes, please. I mean, more of that. Like we were shitting on the, the Kenta snoozer last week, which went 29 minutes, 13 minutes. Fucking great. They're listening to us, Damon. And look, the biggest compliment I can pay this Sanada turn is that I am not dreading the inevitable cup win and Okada Sanada match at, Super Hall. 
which was run into the ground in 2019. I was sick of it by the end, you know, and again, there is a conversation to be had about the disconnect between the foreign fans and the Japanese fans because they loved it. You know, that was the Tokyo sport match of the year, the one at, was it King of Pro Wrestling? But this smells like a different Sonata and, and it is absolutely a different Okada. You know, this is not the Okada from 2019 who's going to say, you know, oh, well done, kid, thumbs up, you did great. 2023 Okada's got no time for these punks. And, you know, Okada, Sonata, uh, Sakura Genesis, if that is the direction they go, they might, you know, just beat the piss out of each other for 18 minutes and, and surprise a lot of people. So I'm enjoying the Sonata turn so far. Again, I'm not expecting to, this to be like a you know brand new guy who's going to blow everyone out of the water. Look, if it all goes tits up, uh, MBTLOUFC says Taichi and Sonata for World Tag League. So, you know, I, I agree with that. I'm excited for the tag run with Taichi at least because I've been saying for a very long time their chemistry is extremely good. So uh, Enigma Bird says Sonata's new look is my new sleep paralysis demon. This isn't the question. I'm just very upset by it. Uh, Larry says Sonata too hot now. Yes or no? So Damon, give us your thoughts please on Sonata. Well, I mean, it's new, it's fresh, but he is a guy that, you know, is the opposite of a lot of what we talked about, right? He's a guy that has been given plenty of opportunity, and it just doesn't seem like he was capable of making it happen. And he would show glimmers of hope, and again, just kind of not quite there. Um. A, a new coat of paint, a new faction, uh, new finisher, everything that you just described, uh, is, is, is positive. Absolutely. Um, it does make me a little bit more interested in him and seeing what he's up to and kind of getting, uh, past new, J- new Japan cup. I, I don't know if I agree with you though. You, you, do you think it's going to be Sonata? Cause I'm saying David Finley. It's a bit of a coin flip, to be honest. Um, I'm going to go with the chalk pick and the classic booking of the loser of the final being the Dontaku challenger, mm-hmm. which would make sense given that Dontaku would be the Bullet Club 10-year anniversary, if ah. I'm not mistaken. So um, I know it's predictable, but I would say Sanada to win the cup and challenge Okada at Sakura Genesis and then Finley to challenge at Dontaku. Yeah, it does make that does make some sense. Um, and Duntaku, yes, being that bullet club party, they're going to come out in those, uh, in those, uh, kimono robes or whatever they're called. Uh, they always look good. Yes. I think, uh, you might be on to something there. You might be on the something. And then quite honestly, you, you kill two birds with one stone at that point. Right. I mean, you got Sonata in the mix like once again, and yeah, it is popular. <laughs> you can't deny it. And, it. and you know what? You're right. It might feel a little bit fresh just to see with how they work together now as opposed to a, a few years ago. Yeah. All right. Uh, look, I'm a, I'm a, I'm more up on my stonks. I'm, I'm buying stonks on Sonata uh, where I never really thought I would. I'm not buying a lot. I'm not spending my whole savings uh, but I might dip and dab. I might dip and dab in there in the Sonata Snocks. So that, I can't even say it. Say that. Sonata Stonks. Wow. How about that? 
Uh, Adam says, where do you go with LIJ now? Having two heavyweights and three juniors is an interesting group formation. Do you think they get another heavyweight? Who would it be? Flynn says, what would your pick be for a third heavyweight in LIJ to replace Sanada? Maybe returning Yotosuji or something. Uh, also, not a question, but Sanada joining Just Five Guys feels like an elevation for the group. I'd definitely be interested in seeing a Taichi and Sanada tag team. Shame they have a stupid name. I know a lot of people hate having all these factions, but the changes have freshened the undercard after seeing the same tag matches for years. Uh, yes, I like the faction changes. I think that's a, a much needed uh, change of the landscape. And I've talked about the, the wrestlers involved, but having new factions and getting rid of some old factions, I think that was much needed as well. I love the idea of Yotosuji being an LIJ guy. I think he, he would fit that, and I could absolutely see that happening. And, you know, personally, I would have preferred if they had just gone with Taichi as the ace heavyweight of just four guys, because I think, you know, the fans love him. I think it would have been really cool if Taichi had gone to the final, maybe even won the cup, but I understand why he isn't. And I understand why uh, the Japanese fans have a, a strong connection to Sonata that maybe the Western fans don't. So yeah, I think it does add to the credibility and the prestige of the faction to have Sanada as the ace of the group now. And yeah, we can look forward to the tag stuff with Taichi. Would you have a huge issue or, or would you have, uh, would you be side-eyed in me? If I were to say to you, let's split up Los and Gobernables. Let's end it. Ooh. <laughs> a lot of people would be absolutely devastated. They would be heartbroken if LIJ was broken up. Personally, you're not wrong. They do feel a bit long in the tooth. Yeah. I have to say, I don't, I don't hate the idea. I mean, you figure two I mean, of the original you know, men. They don't really support each other, do they? No. Like, this is the whole point. Like, you never see, well, very, very rarely. You do, do, do see it sometimes, to be fair, but, um, yeah. I mean, two of the original Let's members are gone. Them. Shall I make the call? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know what? Kikuchi Joe, get, a, get on the horn. Get on the horn. Uh, again, Sonata, gone. Evil, gone. Like, okay. Like, we're just, we're kind of filling in the gaps here, right? At this point. Why don't Hiromu we stale as a, as a weak old loaf of bread. Is yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hiromu doesn't feel very exciting. You know, Bushi. Uh, right. Shingo fucking about with KOPW. This is not the hot and exciting, sexy faction that it once was. It really isn't. Now, again, people are going to say, well, however, what? merchandise, yeah, you know, it. the merch money there keeps rolling in. It's going to stay as a thing. There it is. There it is. Um, yep. I mean, that's, that is true, but uh, come on. You can't keep a fucking faction together because of t-shirt sales, can you? I mean, doesn't that seem, I mean, well, it doesn't because the, the idea is to make money, but. Bullet Club would like to say yeah. hello. <laughs> right. Bullet Club has entered the chat room. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get it. Trust me. I, I, I do, but it's just you know, from a, from a pro wrestling fan standpoint. I don't know. I mean, what value does those ingobernables, uh, have at this point aside from, you know, T-shirt sales and fucking baseball cap sales and towel sales. Um, if that's the only thing, then okay. I mean, I, I mean, I get it. It's money. It's a money growing tree at this point. But I don't know. I I think uh, I think th- here, I would. I think a new coat of paint for all of them, even Naito. 
you know. Yeah. Look, Naito, fantastic wrestler, shit leader. Yeah. He's a terrible faction leader. Yes. Of course he is. Um, like him, I don't, I mean, I don't know how that would work from a, uh, a booking perspective, but like, okay, like we did it with Suzuki Goon pretty quick, pretty easy. Now, here's what I don't want to have happen though. Uh, we don't need another fucking three factions to splinter from this, right? That's the last thing I'm, I'm proposing. I'm just saying. I think it's run its course. I think it's run its course. David, we have a moment of appreciation for the absolute grift of Just Four Guys having a load of Just Four Guys merchandise and people buying Just Four Guys <laughs> t-shirts and towels and things. And now <laughs> it's just five guys. I, I don't know, but that just, that's got Takamichinoku written all over Oh it. my God, yeah. Well, we got to upgrade. <laughs> we we got we to gotta buy our five guy t-shirt now. Um, yeah, yeah, it is craziness. That's pro wrestling. What are you going to do? Let's have a word on Mark Davis. I need to apologize to Mark Davis because as, as the meme goes, I was unfamiliar with his game. You know, we heaped all the praise on Kyle Fletcher, but I think in this tournament, Davis has been outstanding. Uh, you know, my eyebrows were raised at the Stan Hansen comparisons, but the more I watch him, the more they feel on the money. And this, yeah, again, this 30-minute main event, he beat the shit out of Sonata, got a very exciting sprint out of him. The crowd seemed to love him. The Osprey match was really good. Even better in retrospect when you realize Osprey was wrestling with an injured shoulder. Like, you know they've got a better match in them. Uh, the Evil match was great. I'm going to talk a, a bit more about the Evil match afterwards, but let's focus on Mark Davis here. I, I think we've really been sleeping on him as a singles guy. And again, because we didn't have that data there, we did not see him in, the, in enough singles matches to judge. So, you know, I'm not by any means saying let's break up Aussie Open or anything. I, and I still think Kyle Fletcher has more long-term upside, but I was pleasantly surprised about what Davis brought to the table here and how viable he could be in single spots in the near future because stylistically, I think he brings something new and, and, and something fresh to the table with his sort of hard-hit brawling style. I don't know, there's just, it feels something a bit different about that to the, the standard uh, New Japan beefy style. And, and at the very least, I hope that New Japan are going to make both of these guys sign a fucking contract. So um, Daryl says, Davis looked great today. You talked recently about Fletcher's potential as a singles. What about Davis? I know he's older. I think he's 33, uh, but shows some great intensity. So yeah, your thoughts on Mark Davis? Please. He's been, he's been my number one, not even surprise. I, I think surprise is a, maybe surprise is the right word, but like a guy who maybe I undervalued, I like definitely undervalued. And, once again, got the tap on the shoulder. Will's hurt. You're going. You're you're going on in the, in, in the tournament, and took the ball and ran with it. Uh, made the most of his opportunity. And what happened is is that guys like us and people that watch, their eyes were opened, and they realized what they had. You know. You know as a tag team, they're they're brilliant. But even as singles, you know, you have something there um, where maybe you didn't think you had, or you maybe you thought another person was carrying a load. I don't know, but I, look, it, he fell under my radar, that's for sure. And given the opportunity once again to tap on the shoulder. Took advantage of it and went for it. 
and and was fantastic. And you're right, hard hitting. I, 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 it felt like a different style. It felt like a different energy, right? Um, I like the fact that New Japan also had the balls to say, okay, I, I mean, I, I, I'm not going to say 100%, but it felt like that was the spot Osprey was supposed to be in. And they just said, all right, we're going to give it to you. We're going to give it to you, Mark. Love it. Love it. Look, New Japan has no shortage of talented guys. It's it's now we're going to give them opportunities and let's collect the data, right? Let's get a big sample size here. Then we can make decisions on who's going to go higher or who's going to be on that Mount Rushmore or who's going to be challenging for big boy belts. Let's get the data. Let's see what we got and we can move forward from there. And I think that, and again, I'm not saying break up Aussie open by any stretch of the imagination. Cause I th- I still think that they make the tag division fresh and exciting and fun, but know that you have two guys there that if that <laughs> you would be, absolute boneheads boneheads if you don't sign to a deal because they're going to go somewhere <laughs> like somebody's going to fucking take them so you had better uh you better put put a piece of paper in front of them and lock them in uh because you know they're going to people are already looking let's put it this way people are already looking people have already looked at them uh, let's be let's be smart and let's let's lock down two, dare I say, future stars. Louis says with Osprey's unfortunate shoulder injury, Davis replacing him on short notice. Do you think a replacement could also work in say the G one, or would that participant have to forfeit the rest of the tournament? Um, I mean, I, I love the way that they pivoted with Davis, and could it work in a G one? I mean. I don't see why not. I can't see any reasons why they couldn't do that. And it's 3-0. Hooray. Yeah, destroying Crystal Palace here. <laughs> well, Crystal Palace. Yeah, what do you think on. about the idea it's of having a, a palace made out of crystals? Oh, yeah. The palace are awful. <laughs> yeah, they stink. Yeah. They haven't won a match since, like, Christmas. What? So um, we, what? we should be beating them. But it was a bit rocky because we got eliminated oh, really? from the Europa League uh, in midweek which a lot of people are really upset by. I was delighted by because that means fewer games and that means, you know, we can concentrate on the Premier League. So I was actually quite happy by that. But, um, you know, there's always the sort of psychological element of being eliminated from a tournament uh, against an underdog that, you know, for, for lesser teams could be a bit of a blow. But it looks like it hasn't affected Arsenal the slightest because we are uh, destroying Crystal Palace. But, uh, uh, yeah, what do you think about having injury replacements in the G1? I like it. I like it better than everybody just getting a buy, um, you know, getting in the win in the match just because the person's injured. Um, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I mean, if we're fantasy booking, why wouldn't they have like a like a all right, so the people that aren't in G1 at the same time, you know, maybe they can have something to be. Like you're on the waiting list. You're at the top of the waiting list. You're you're second. You know, if somebody if something that was David yeah. Finney's whole thing, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. So maybe, um, I don't know. Maybe they can work something like that. But yeah, I don't like the idea of guy gets hurt, everyone gets a win because they, no, just replace the fucking guy. 
Um, obviously, you, you can do that, <laughs> at least in New Japan Cup. So yeah, I, I like I like the idea of either the guy who you know the last match or um, or just some other replacement being in there. I think is a good idea. I do want to touch on the Mark Davis versus Evil match, which I thought was fantastic entertainment and not one for the purists, but yet no. again, I think proof of concept for House of Torture that with uh, a couple of filthy wins under his belt, the looming threat of another Sonata versus Evil match, this uh, Evil versus Davis match in front of a hot Korakuen crowd, which in, I think they intentionally saved these spots for, like House of Torture at K Hall just hits different. You know, Evil really got the crowd behind Davis. He made him look like a guy. And all the interference was just so much fun. You don't often get this kind of this this late nineties Monday night raw vibe in New Japan. But when they do, I, I you know, as for people say I'm sports entertained. You know, we had the one armed Osprey waving in the troops, Great Ocon dragging Dick Togo backstage. It all built to a really great dramatic crescendo that was so good. Even the most ardent house deniers had no choice but to enjoy and acknowledge it was good. So yet another one to file under the Joel was right column, which David, it's so vast now. I can't even keep track of it anymore. It's it's confusing always being correct about everything. (laughs) You don't have enough gigabytes to store all the Joel is right files. Uh, I agree again. Again, and I don't want to. I agree again and again and again with Joel today because you're right. And it's chaotic. It's uh, frantic. It's um, yes, it's silly. Yes. It's not fucking Billy Robinson against fucking Lou Thayer's. Yes. We, we, we get it, but it's a fucking fun ride. It's. And once again, in spots like, and I think you, I think you are a thousand percent correct too, in the sense that it feels different in, in Corkin. You know what I mean? Like it and it, the the crowds and the close proximity and you know just that building is is tailor made for House of Torture. Um, and once again, it it's it's important spots, but it's not. You know, top of the card, uh, you know, Tokyo Dome shit. You know what I mean? Like, like in its place, it's fucking great in its place. Nobody's saying evil needs to win the fucking big boy belt. Nobody's saying that. But in this spot where it's like, okay, loser goes home. And all the fucking not- yes, it makes for dramatic pro wrestling. It does. It really does. Uh, when delivered sparingly, and when delivered in the right context, and when delivered in front of the right crowd, and in the right situation, it it works. It's pro wrestling one hundred and one. Um. So yes. The, the, I think, and here's the thing. I think people should, and I'm not going to tell you what to do, but you should, you know, tip your cap to that. Like, understand that. Appreciate that. Because, one, appreciate the fact that, okay, they, they did pivot big time and, and they're not this gigantic focus of New Japan and, you know, 
you know, that uh, Dick Togo running the fucking promotion to the ground, whether they pivoted or whether that wasn't ever the, going to be the case, whatever. I feel like where we are right now with House of Torture is exactly where it should be and exactly where it can work. So I got no complaints of of 2023 House of Torture. None. The last person I wanted to talk about was Shota Umino, who I really think he's starting to put things together. There are small but visible improvements to his work. Uh, the primary one being his aggression, but also just other little sort of stylistic and presentation things like the camera now following his entrance. So you can actually hear the crowd reactions that people are excited to see this guy. I thought the Zack Sabre Jr. match was really, really impressive. I thought Zack led him through a match that really showcased his strengths. I thought the Finley match was also very good for similar reasons, even if the finisher reversal dance got a bit cute at the end. But I think what I'm figuring out about Shota here, which, you know, it's not rocket science. He's at his best when he's an underdog getting beaten up. And I'm ready to move on from the Naito mm. match. I'm not necessarily blaming Naito for it. it I just, I, you know, I don't even think the match was bad. Just it had a weird dynamic where the the fans, they still wanted to cheer and chant for Naito. So in the segments where you were supposed to be building up the baby face heat for Shota, people still wanted to cheer for Naito. So it didn't really work there. But the Zack match and the Finley match did work. So I'm saying uh, stonks up for Shota, even though he got eliminated and, David, who would have thought that the the 25-year-old wrestler who's just got back from excursion might actually still be improving from working big matches <laughs> against top-tier talent? He, he's still learning yeah. stuff. Absolutely shocking. It is. It is. It's. It's. it's he should be. Uh, he should be just a, a a perfect model of a pro wrestler at this point. No, of course not. But. Um, yeah, I don't think there's any surprise that he was in New Japan Cup because you get to work at least two or three times against really quality singles opponents in marquee matchups. Uh, you, you you learn <laughs> in the ring. Uh, he's he's fine. I, I, I Joe, when I tell you, I have absolutely no worries about him, and I have no worries that he will be a, a guy. Um, none whatsoever. He, I, where he is right now, where think about this, where he is right now, I, I, I couldn't be happier. You know what I mean? I couldn't be happier. He's on his way. He's on his way. And, and then I think that a lot of people are, are rushing it. And again, hot takes. Everybody wants to have their fucking hot takes and, you know, be the fucking guru. Well, okay. Step back a little bit. Step back a little bit, and 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 I don't know. Appreciate what we got so far, because what is he? Twenty? How old is he? Twenty something? Twenty two? Twenty three? Twenty five? Yeah, okay, twenty five. I mean, there's plenty. There's plenty. There's plenty more rope. Let's put it that way. There's plenty more time in his career, uh, barring any major injuries. Don't be surprised if you see him. Uh, See him in the next couple of years, Tokyo Dome main events. Don't be surprised. Uh, I'm also enjoying the the way that there's, I wouldn't call it tension, but obviously his father is refereeing most of the matches that he's involved in, but the way that he's 
kind of, you know, pushing his dad out of the way and sort of pushing back against the nepotism claims there to say, no, I'm my own person. I don't need to be protected by my dad. Um, so yeah, just these little touches that I think we're really starting to see the Shota Umino character grow. And yeah, you know, we're a long way away from it being its finished version, but I think it's important to be attentive to the small improvements that get made along the way. Um, Scott says, something's in the water. Ren is full on Shibata. Shoto took Tana's pants and Naito's hair. Now, Finley looking like a dull switchblade. Does New Japan have a Muppet baby problem? Do you think that this is an issue with the, these uh, the new generation too closely resembling those who came before them? Well, I, I said before, um, that that was a complaint that I had had heard uh, on more than one occasion, and you know I'm going to be truthful. I I can kind of see that, uh, and I I can see people making that high level analogy. Uh, I don't think that what you see right now is what you're going to see three years down the road, four years down the road, five years down the road. Um, I think that the what you see right now is going to morph and grow and spawn into a character that they become and they truly are, right? Um, and I'm not saying that any of those are copies of or dollar store versions of. But I think th- that, again, if you took Naito, you know, three years before Los Ingobernables, it was a totally fucking different guy. If you took Tanahashi, totally different guy. If you took Okada, look at, look at all the changes and the, and the, uh, you know the, the 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 growing and the evolution of Okada. You know, it's Nakamura as well. Nakamura as well. I mean, it's just a natural progression where people get more comfortable. It's like starting a new job, right? First couple of weeks, maybe even months. You know, you're you might be walking on eggshells a little bit. You're just trying to get the lay of the land. You might feel comfortable. You might know how to do a fucking hip toss or a or an arm drag and do it well, but there's there's more to that because it's you know you have to get the company dynamic and blah, 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 whatever you know what I mean you know what I'm saying let's let it grow I don't think what we see today is necessarily going to be what we see three years four years five years down the road. All right, so we have two matches locked in for Tuesday's show, the New Japan Cup final in Niigata. The first is the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match with Leo Rush challenging Hiromu Takahashi for the title. Uh, I've said many times that I think Leo Rush is just a breath of fresh air. I think he's doing some of his best ever work um, now that he's with New Japan. Uh, the promos have been terrific. Just little things like there was a, a backstage segment where there, it was him and Yo. And then Yo said to him, oh, Leo, if, if you don't mind, I'd like to come out and corner you for the match against Hiromu. 
uh, the, the way Leo Rush sold that, he was just like, yes, yes, thank you so much. You, you know, you're practically my brother now. And then after Yo's gone, he's like, yes, now this is the motivation I need to make that final push. Like everything that Leo Rush does, he sells it like it's, you know, life or death for him, that it means the world to him. And I'm sure there is some truth to that as well. This is a guy who I'm, I'm sure believed that he had retired more than once in recent years, but has now rediscovered his love for pro wrestling and just fits New Japan like a glove. So I really, really hope he wins. I'm, I don't, I don't know what are the odds of him winning. I'd say it's maybe about a 50, 50 shot, but I just think the landscape would be a lot more interesting with Leo Rush as champion and all the new fresh matchups that could offer than Hiromu just, you know, work his way through the, the same old guys again and again. So I, I'm hoping for a Leo Rush win here. Yeah, me too. Me too. And I think, I, I don't know, I think the odds might be a little bit m- more heavy in this favor. I think it's just a, a, a good time for a change, right? Um, and again, it look, do I have still have some reservations about going all in? A little bit, but truth be told, it's the fucking junior heavyweight championship and i know it's my favorite title of all time but you know it's not like it's it's this pure (laughs) um you know only a handful of guys can can hold it you know fucking there's been some bums holding that title uh and leo rush is not one of them um let me be very clear he's going to be a person that again provides an opportunity for spicier matchups, for sure. Um, and and here's the thing too, though. It's not like we're shitting on Hiromo, but I just think that for the for the the good, let's let's just freshen it up a little bit. Nothing wrong with that. So yes, I I I think he wins. I think there is a title change, um, and I and I I'm thrilled with the idea of it. Uh, I'll go so far as to say, Joe, at this point. I, I might be a little disappointed if 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 he doesn't, because just like you said, like okay, so now now what? We have this whole opportunity on this side of the wall. We're going we're going here again. Just hmm. I just think they have a great opportunity here to 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 freshen things up. Um, and I think that they would be. You're not going to hurt Hiromo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you're not hurting the guy by having him fucking drop this title. Let's 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 do it. Let's do it for the good of the, the division. And our New Japan Cup final will be Sanada versus David Finley. I don't really think there's a wrong pick here. I think I can see the value in either of these guys winning, but I'm going to stick with my original prediction and say that Sanada wins. I'm actually more interested in what this looks like in terms of the dynamics because Sanada is not really pure babyface anymore i mean he's literally a babyface now that he's had the the shave you know it was like i don't know if you've seen the <laughs> film the room but when one of the characters mark shaves then he just walks into the room with his, his you know nice smooth cheeks and then all the characters go wow it's like this big dramatic moment in the story so yeah i was getting the room vibes from sonata shaving but he's not you know strictly speaking a babyface really now that he's aligned with just five guys that feels like more of a tweener faction and so I'm interested to see how the match plays out. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be David Finley dominating and, and Sonata being the sort of de facto babyface, being 
the hometown guy, if I'm not mistaken. I believe that's his hometown. So I'm sure those will be the dynamics it goes with. And yeah, I'm looking forward to the match. I think that Sonata wins the New Japan Cup. I can't believe that here in the year of our Lord, 2023, we're talking about buzz and excitement for, at least on our end, for a, a David Finley Sonata main event, <laughs> right? That's, uh, that's something, right? It's, that's, that's good. Uh, I see your thoughts, uh, in the fact that, you know, Dontaku, David Finley, I just, boy, there, it feels like that the, the energy is in, and the company, the company's energy is, is in the camp of David Finley. Um, I mean, you could you could go both ways where the loser challenges at Dantaku. Um, and I don't think it would hurt either way, but if past history has been any indicator, you're right, David Finley and Dantaku makes more sense. I'm going to stick with my David Finley prediction. Uh, but know full well that logic might, you know, prove me wrong, but I'll stick with David Finley. Uh, last word in New Japan Cup, a moment of appreciation for some of the guest commentators. I thought Mark Davis was very entertaining and insightful and ELP today was absolute hoot. He was what was some of the stuff he said? So he was, he was talking about the only reason that he and Aussie Open got a push was because NXT UK had hoovered up all the other talent on the UK <laughs> scene. Uh, he was saying that uh, Tomaki Homer looked like he'd just come from a, a Nuru massage. Oh. And the best one, <laughs> Kevin Kelly says, uh, the NJPW fan base was a bunch of 43-year-old men with their arms folded and now, and then EOP cuts them off and says, they're all at stardom. <laughs> Um, yeah, he's good. <laughs> he's fucking good. God damn it. Ah, uh, good stuff. ELP. Uh, I, I, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the tide to turn. I'm waiting for something to happen for, with that guy. Cause he's just so fucking good. One day, one day we'll see. One day we'll see. Where do you think he ends up? What would be if you had the book? What would be a good landing spot for him? Because it feels like his place in Bullet Club is untenable at this point. I know, like they two sweeten each other at the end, and they appear to have made up, but he's got to be out of the group soon, surely. I would think. Like, I just think Bullet Club is in this weird fucking spot where you know our fantasy booking seemed to make a lot more sense than what the end result has been. I think that's been a truth be told. I think that whole entire thing has been a huge disappointment. And the fact that they had all this, yes, they, they had Hikaleo go over and yes, they had, um, you know, David Finley give, give the, the, the final push out the door for Jay white, but it does seem like they're in like this weird fluxy. They're spread all over the fucking place. Um, 
I, I mean, I, you you could start with him and Finley, in and finally some type of Bullock Club closure. Um, but he's a, he's he's a talented heavyweight that you can do so much with that I feel like um, just having him in Bullock Club is somewhat of a I don't want to say a waste, but it's just kind of like okay, I you know there's there's better things that you could do. Um, but I think the easy thing to do is is get some resolution from from this bullet club situation. I think that's I think it's a fair and easy ask for for both Finley and for ELP. Um, from there, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I just know that you have a ton of talent that I don't know, are, 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 is he being held back um, just being sitting around in Bullet Club? I don't, I don't know. Uh, two listener questions to finish off here. First of all, Mark says, does Damon have any Philly recommendations on visiting Easter weekend to catch the Bruins play the Flyers and his oh. friend? Wow. Okay. Well, um, yeah, I mean, plenty of recommendations, but, uh, I mean, restaurant wise or Franklin, here's what you want to do for drinks. You want to go to, to a place called, it's called Franklin mortgage, uh, Franklin mortgage. It's like a speakeasy kind of thing. Uh, fantastic fucking drinks. Uh, seriously, like the best in the world in my eyes. Um, it is a stomping ground, uh, place, uh, park. In Rittenhouse Square, which is right near, uh, right near Franklin Mortgage, uh, great restaurant, French Steven Star restaurant, fantastic, fantastic. Get the lobster frites. Oh, it's fucking you'll you'll be in heaven. Um, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots of fucking cool places. Uh, Hopsing Laundromat is pretty good. It's another like speakeasy kind of thing. You know, you got to be a little dressed up though for that one. No sneakers, no sneakers for that. They won't let you in. Um, Chinatown, Philly is, is notorious for fucking great food. Yeah. You're not going to lose. Um, and then, and then if you kind of like the bar scene, you want to go to like, in, to like the North Northern Liberties area, uh, Fishtown, North Northern Liberties area. They have a lot of cool bars and clubs and you know, that kind of shit. So, yep. There you go. That'll, that'll get you started. I think Joel's asleep. And last one for today, Dr. Poodle Papa says, I know you have no control over the ad roll in the podcast episodes. The ads in the podcast are geo-stitched to regions, and I ended up getting an ad for a cushy government job that's very applicable to my skill set that I applied for and got. And now I'm making about twice what I was before. No question here. Just coming to say thank you and to report officially someone has made money from this podcast about poor sandwiches and crisps that occasionally covers wrestling. Well, Dr. Poodle Papa, I would say, don't say thank you to us. Put your fucking money where your mouth is. <laughs> yeah, in your guy. pocket. Yeah. You know, we've doubled your salary. <laughs> Get on redcircle.com forward slash uh, shows forward slash super dash J cast dash day dash cast and uh give us some fucking money <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on come on mr money bags oh that's pretty good cool. that's pretty cool though uh that's that's crazy the, the good stuff there good yeah the, i when i listen i get um because i love listening to myself and joel because i like we you know 
we're the, we're the funniest fucking guys on earth. Um, I do get local ads and I got one for like, I was like, Oh, okay. They're like, uh, is it time for a colonoscopy? <laughs> I was like, Oh, I guess <laughs> maybe. Uh, yeah. So yeah. And they are, and they are local. Yeah. So they do find a way to geotag your location to kind of feed you. Is there a uh, voices of wrestling discount promo code on the colonoscopy? <laughs> yes. Uh, super J for, uh, four fingers in your ass. Um, no, there wasn't. But, um, I, correct me if I'm wrong. We, uh, well, we did. I, I know because it was earlier. We recorded a little uh, bit for voices of wrestling to chuck in. We, we recorded one and it was awful. Um, and I, I, I don't, I thought I uploaded it, but thank God I didn't because it was really crap. This one is much better. So, uh, look, be on the lookout for that uh, when you're listening to other podcasts on the Voices of Wrestling Network. You might hear us pop up with a little, uh, little, little plugaroo once or twice. All right. Well, thank you, everyone. Uh, Discord link, you can get access to that if you send me a direct message on Twitter. Uh, again, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash J dash cast. We always appreciate money. So give us money. Don't just give us thanks. Give us money, yes. cold, hard cash. That's what keeps the lights on. At Cobra Kawaii and ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash Super J cast for our t-shirts. Big thanks to editor Dan. Uh, find him on Twitter at LazyHero219. Subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Give us a five-snake review on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at the Super J cast. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and goodbye. Hi, I'm Case Lowe, co-host of the Open the Voice Gate podcast. The one question I'm constantly asked when it comes to Dragon Gate is how do I get into the promotion? Well, stop asking and start listening to the Open the Voice Gate podcast released every Wednesday on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. For exclusive news and show reviews, look no further than the leader in Dragon Gate coverage, Open the Voice Gate.